212 pounds from Lower Marion High School, making his final appearance at the Palace of Auburn Hills in his 20th NBA season, 17th NBA All-Star, four-time NBA All-Star MVP, 15-time member of the All-NBA team, two-time NBA, NBA's final MVP, She's, you know, currently struggling a little bit. We're going to be all right, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, we are. All right. Um, so. Welcome back <laughs> to Fish and Grits episode 2021. I'm really not sure about the count. 20. Stop counting at this point. Yeah, you've been counting each um, one of them. Because I just can't think. Um, but we are back. Um it's not gonna be a fun episode. Yeah, a lot of things um, happening. A lot of bullshit happened this week. A lot of mm-hmm. sad stuff happened this week. Um, a lot of stuff in our personal life. It's just a lot. It's just a lot. Um, it's a lot. So, and we don't want to be on here too long, so we're gonna jump right on into it mm-hmm. first, just to get that the way. And because it was probably one of the biggest things that happened this week. Yeah. Was the unfortunate and untimely passing of Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. um, in a helicopter crash? Uh, I feel like just last year in April on a Sunday, we were, you know, taken aback by Nipsey Hussle's passing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like 18 years ago, <laughs> we were thrown off when Aaliyah died from mm-hmm. this similar incident of like a plane crash because it's just it's random it doesn't make any sense you're trying to figure out what happened um and in this case the details are still being worked out and i don't think we ever really will know but it's more so based around weather conditions um and yeah. i can say that on was it tuesday it was foggy as shit here in mississippi to the point that when i was riding when i was driving down the street to get to work the fog was so dense that I was slowing the fuck down because at any moment I felt like anybody could walk out in the street or a car could have came out and I wouldn't have seen it coming because I couldn't see shit through the fog. It was scary as fuck. So I, in my mind, I'm like, I can't imagine being in a helicopter and not being able to see. 
um, mm-hmm. where are you going or what's coming next? Um, and I know I've been seeing a lot of people in California say like the fog was like, like it was really bad on Sunday. So I was at home. My brother was like, did you hear? And I was like, hear what? He was like, Kobe Bryant died. And I was like, what? He was like, yeah, he died in a helicopter crash. And so I went to my room. I told my mom. We turned on CNN, and it was the first thing that was up was that he died in a helicopter crash. And part of me is like, I didn't want to believe it. It just seemed random as fuck. It's Kobe Bryant, you know. Um, I'm not a huge basketball fan, but of course everybody knows who Kobe Bryant is. And because he's so young, he has, you know, four beautiful daughters. Um, You know, it was just the night before that LeBron James had passed him for what was it? Do you know what it was? Um, I don't know the exact record, but LeBron James like, just passed. It was a big deal. Yeah, yeah, and he had just congratulated him on Twitter about moving the, the game forward. So mm-hmm. to know that he's dead all of a sudden, it didn't feel real. It's like in my mind, I had to physically see his body to feel like he's actually gone. And then there were all these crazy stories coming out about how all his daughters were on the helicopter with him and they died. And I was like, God, please do not let any of his kids have been on that helicopter. And then later on that night, it was confirmed that his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna Bryant, who is a basketball player who was, mm-hmm. you know, following in his legacy, had, was on the, you know, on the helicopter with him. And I just remember I walked out of my room and I went to the bathroom and I cried because I really, really did not want that to be true because she's yeah. so young. And over the days, people have been posting videos of him talking about how, like, you know, fans come up to him all the time and say, man, you should have a boy who's going to carry your legacy. And she was like, oh, no, I got this. You know, like, I got it. It's going to be me. And how much of a a, dad, a girl dad he was and how proud he was to have girls and he didn't really need boys. And it's just sad to know that that other part of his legacy is gone. Like, we'll always have the stats, the basketballs, the championships, but she's gone too and I mean I don't know if his other kids the younger ones will ever play basketball but you know they were just a meme a couple of weeks ago and now they're they're not here anymore and it's just been a very sad week and then you find out who the other victims are two other teammates were on the helicopter with her uh, one of her with teammates, their, her mom yeah. and dad was with them, another mm-hmm. girl her mom was with them, the assistant coach and then the pilot and it's yeah. just like, like damn, like it when when you get down to it, it just seemed like it could have been an avoidable. It was a, an avoidable accident. I just, I'm just, I'm confused. I just don't know what to say. I just feel like it was just last year we were kind of grasping at straws and trying to understand Nipsey Hussle's passing, and now here we are again. It's the fucking. Jake, it's just 2020 and already a crazy death like this has already like hit us in this new decade, in this new year. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to feel. Like, I'm just, I don't, and it's not even me that's affected. It's like this man has three daughters and a wife and these other families have children and, you know, siblings. No, other loved ones. It's just, it's, and I, in my head, I hate to be so negative, but it's just like in my head, I was just imagining bracing for something like that. When I was flying to Miami, we were like above the clouds. The sun was out. It was all nice and pretty. And in my head, I was thinking, damn, if this plane like fly at the sky, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do because I don't know how you brace for something like that. 
And I just can't imagine looking at his daughter, knowing that they're about to crash, and there's nothing you can do. You can't save her. There's there's nothing. I just this is fucked up. It's extremely sad for everybody all the way around. It's just sometimes I like see a picture of him and I just be like, nah, I still can't believe that this is real. And I think I had the same feelings I had when you see her for past. Like, nah, this just can't be real. Like, there's no way that it is. It's mm-hmm. just extremely sad and like, you know, I don't know, it's just extremely like unfortunate. And it just makes you look at how fragile life truly is. Like, this is somebody who grinded so hard dedicated his life to this sport you know retired had this like family you know you really like you work to get to like you know the fruit of your labor like you want to enjoy everything and then it's just like gone so quick and he was so young and like Gianna is like so young those other kids like everybody I know just had so much life left ahead of them and it's just like why did it have to happen like this and it's so tragic and it's like it just makes no sense. It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. Not, it still does not feel real to me. And I like. I just hate that how, you know, it had like we still had to go forward with the Grammys. Like they still make these NBA players play like the mm-hmm. game. Like I know a lot of them are saying like Kobe would have wanted us to do it, but it's just like okay, but y'all, what about y'all mental capacity or emotional capacity? Like, mm-hmm. come on, y'all, like. Can we, like, just take a moment? So it's just, like, unfortunately all around. And I just, I really wish that, like, we can just allow the families to grieve in their own time and just make sure, like, you know, that we give them that respect and opportunity to grieve. And who knows? I hate to say that time heals all wounds, but, like, some wounds I just feel like, you know, are just there. Yeah, it's just I mean, really unfortunate. When people die in crazy, tragic ways like this, I think it's hard to get over. It's like, I feel like for me, I could accept you dying a natural way if you just got sick. And it's just like I was prepared for it and it was just a waiting game. But to know that, like, Kobe has been tra- been using this mode of transportation for 17 years. You know, mm-hmm. I saw a recent interview where he explained that he started using a helicopter because he was missing out on key moments in his daughter's lives, like plays yeah. and recitals. And because the traffic in, in, in California is just so bad, it was just easier to hop on a helicopter, make it somewhere faster, and be able to drop his kids off at school or pick them up from school because he appreciates those 20 minute car rides where he can talk to them about their day because he knows as a basketball player he's always on the road or at practice so to think that this was probably like any other day where we just gonna get up in a helicopter you know fly here and fly back and I'm Mm -hmm. almost positive he's flown these conditions before you know and probably just didn't think anything of it it just doesn't make sense to me how it turned into this tragedy I I just it's it just it's confusing to me, you know. It's confusing just like Nipsey Hussle was. It's confusing just like uh, Aaliyah's death was. It just it just didn't make sense. It just don't make sense, and it's just something that could have been avoided had certain factors been different. If the weather wasn't so foggy, or if you know they had a certain type of piece of equipment in there that could have helped them navigate the terrain and stuff, even under conditions, it's just sad. 
It's just sad mm. that a lot of people and a lot of children lost their lives before they could even begin. And it's just sad that Kobe Bryant had to die like that. He yeah. just retired. They just had a baby last year, and that child will never know her father. Yeah. You know, I don't even know if the three the three year old will remember. Um, and I I just remember telling my mama this morning like, people need to pray over his wife. They need to pray mm-hmm. over all those families, but pray over his wife. <laughs> Um, because it's one thing to lose a husband, but to lose a child to to have to bury two people, it's just a lot. Yeah. I also pray over the I don't want to get their names wrong, but it was the daughter and the mom and the dad who all passed away together because they mm-hmm. left behind two children. So please pray yeah. over them. Um, it, it's just a lot because she's gonna need it, and I know she came out yesterday and put a statement out on her Instagram thanking everybody we, for their condolences. We didn't need girl. She didn't need to do that, but I could because at first she she made her page private because I'm sure it was overwhelming having people reach out and put comments and stuff. She changed yeah. her profile picture to one of Kobe and Gianna and just thanked everybody for the condolences. You know, tell everybody to keep praying for them to pray for the other families who lost, you know, loved ones and then her and her daughters are devastated, but they're going to keep moving forward. They don't know how, but they're going to keep moving forward, you know, with Kobe and Gianna's memory shining down on them. And they wanted people to donate to this fund for the other families who lost their loved ones, you know, to help support them. And I guess maybe they will go to funeral arrangements or just whatever they need. But I thought it was very graceful of her to come out and do that, even though she didn't have Mm -hmm. to. But that type of strength, I don't even think I would have a couple of days yeah. after finding out that my husband and one of my children is dead. And I don't know, because I see some of the wreckage from the, the crash, and I know they said that the helicopter caught fire, so I don't know if she's even been able to, like, how she's going to make funeral arrangements and stuff, because I don't even know if she has been able to look at the bodies or if there's even anything left, which is another thing that's just, like, what the fuck that's been that has me thinking too um but i'm sure whenever she we do get a funeral i'm sure there's going to be a big you know funeral for him maybe like how nipsey hustle had yeah um and i'm sure they'll probably have something private too just for the family because gianna wasn't as much of a celebrity as her dad was um but I just, this is just a lot. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I just feel like we were just here last year. And I remember it was a Sunday when Nipsey Hussle, they had put that he had got shot. And then a few minutes later, he had died. So it's just like, I don't know what it is about these Sundays before you start a fucking work week. Yeah. But can we please just get a break? <laughs> please, can we just get a break? Because I just was not expecting it. And it just really took me out emotionally. And seeing all these tributes seeing all the stuff that Kobe was in in the 90s that I didn't even realize, you know, from yeah. Moesha to Proud Family to Keenan and Kale. I was just like, I didn't even realize he was in so much stuff from the 90s or the early 2000s because I'm not a, a sports person. It's like, I know who he is, but it's not like I idolize him the way some people do. And I, I pray for them, too, because I can't imagine um, losing somebody like that who was that important to me. Like, if Beyonce died tomorrow, I'm sure that shit would really hit you. And um, I would I would feel for you and the rest of the beehive. You know, like... I was Aaliyah. talking about that to somebody the other day. I said, if God ever decides that she has to leave this earth, 
y'all better come check on me. Y'all better come pick me up off the floor. I swear to God, I'm not going to be okay. I am not going to be okay. Yeah, so rest in peace to Kobe, to Gianna. Yeah. I wish I could remember All the, the other people's names who were in the crash, but rest in peace to them as well. Um, yeah, just rest in peace. My God. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, and it's just one way I don't want to go out. God, I mean, please don't let me go out like that. Cause uh, yeah. that's just that's just not something you can you can't brace for that, you know. Yeah. It's just a whole bunch of praying and oof. But um, but okay. Trying to trying to you know shift the mood since we brought up Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Did you get your uh, Ivy part? I sure did. So can you kind of a little bit talk about that experience? Because I know when it was coming oh out, oh my god, Miami. Um, it was stressful, honey, stressful. So like that Thursday, uh, somebody I know very close to me ended up getting that whole pre-sale uh cold thing invite, and I didn't get it, and I don't understand why I didn't get it because I was the actual Beyonce fan, and this person was not the Beyonce fan. <laughs> uh, but they got it, and they were able to get like the burgundy um cargo pants because that's what I wanted. I wanted the cargo pants. So then I started looking at more pictures and everything. And I was like, you know what? I kind of want this all white fit. So it's like the V-neck sweater with like the pouch in the front of it, long sleeves. And I was like, you know, if I get the white one, I got to get the white cargo pants. So I was like, I'm going to try again. Little did my ass know that at 12 a.m. midnight on Friday, no, Saturday, Adidas had put everything back up. So I missed out on it because I did. I was not prepared for that. I did not know that was going to happen. So the next morning, I'm driving to get my nails done. I'm literally trying to wait in line uh, on Foot Locker, Finish Line, all these like, little boutiques and shit. Um, because I was really trying to get the shoes. I really wanted a pair of shoes. I was unfortunately not able to get a pair of shoes that were in my cart. Somebody else said that they had bought the shoes. By the time that I had tried to buy them in my cart, they left my cart and then they lost it out their other cart. So I was pissed about that. So I have the white cargo pants and the white sweater. Make a long story short, all three separate pieces came from three separate. Uh, one wow. came from Adidas, one came, I think, from Foot Locker, and one came from Packer Shoes. Like they came from all three different places. How some people were able to snatch stuff at one time, I have no idea. Um, but I hope to get the shoes one day because as of now, I cannot wear the outfit until I get the shoes. Because I think I don't think it'll look right. I need the shoe to complete the look. And I know that this is like drop one. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what the other releases look like. And uh yesterday. Popeye's released the Ivy Park inspired fashion uh, look yes, thing did. too. <laughs> and I think it's funny because Beyonce, back in the day, they, Popeye said that she was a lifetime member to like, get free chicken and stuff. And she said that she loves Popeye's. Like, she's been said that in the past. So I thought that was cute. But um, I'm happy for her. Like, the whole marketing rollout was incredible. Like, making sure that, like, you know, the celebrities and stuff got it. And, like, everybody wanted this orange box. Like, it literally was the biggest deal ever to the point where it's, like, I want an orange box, too. Like, it's just the way that they did it. It was nicely done, tastefully done. Everything sold completely out. Mm -hmm. So, kudos to be in her being 
um, a whole boss that she was. Quick, quick question: How expensive or affordable was everything? Um, I honestly think that everything was affordable. Like those cargo pants. Okay, it was like Beyonce stuff was the regular Adidas price plus ten dollars. Or like okay, the regular Adidas price plus twenty dollars. Give me a ballpark. That's all I want to know. Um, I'm trying to think. My sweater was ninety five, yeah. and my pants were. 85. But like an Adidas, okay, but like an Adidas soccer pants. Uh, it's $65, like, right? $65, dollars Yeah, $65 right? or $70. So I'm like, okay, she put $15 on top of that. I was like, okay, that's not that bad. But she also um, paid for shipping and handling too. It's not yeah. like you buy it in store. Yeah, it was fine. And, and like that, the whole, that jacket, that jacket that she had, the parachute jacket thing. Uh, that was two hundred fifty dollars. I wanted that too, but I was like, I'm really not gonna wear it nowhere. So, how much was the shoes? Oh, the shoes were good. So the sleek, uh, the sleek ones were a hundred dollars flat, a hundred dollars flat. Ultra boots were the regular price of ultra boots. Those were two hundred. Ultra boots are always two hundred dollars, and the night joggers was one sixty. Night joggers are always one sixty. So the shoes Mm. like were the regular price of how these regular shoes cost anyway. So to be clear, they're not gonna restock on drop one. They're just gonna if you didn't get anything, you just have to wait until drop two. I think so. I doubt that they restock hmm. for. I don't know. I don't know until I hear from her lips off her Instagram page, off her Twitter feed. I don't know, but I think that's what it is. Well, you know, I thought it was gonna be where like they would restock and I'd be able to buy it like in the summertime, but I don't think I'd ever be able to. Who knows? Part, so. I'm happy for but those my husband, who were able to get it. Um, I will be admiring those fits from afar. And I'm glad you got some. I'm glad I got some too, best friend. I'm looking at these resale prices right now. Let me see. My size is $295 for the Ultra Boost. So they went up about $100. Mm-mm. Let me look Mm-mm. at the other ones. The night joggers. She had two night joggers too. I wanted the orange with the uh with the burgundy, but I kind of like the white ones now. Also, Ricky Thomas got a box. I'm really yeah. happy for him because they really recognize him. He's really funny. Mm-hmm. And I just it's a lot of people that I was happy they got a box. Like Scotty Bean got a box. I oh, was okay. happy for that. I didn't know that. And so, because I know a lot of people were saying like, why would she give all this to you know celebrities? Celebrities. She gave it to like. She did though. Some influencers got like a no. A lot of influencers got stuff. I wonder what kind of cap was on how much free stuff she can give because I know I can name at least ten celebrities off the top of my head that got it. Um, other than Ricky and Scotty Beam, I don't know any other influencers that got a box. But mm-hmm. you know, I just wonder how many um, she gave away for free before it was just kind of like okay, that's it. And how I know Broderick. Hunter got some... He's a model. Okay. Got some... Still an influencer, though. A lot of people following him. Yeah. Uh, you know who I wanted to see if they got a box, but I guess we would never know if they got a box? Carrie Hilson? No. Crystal and Kid Perry. Oh, yeah. I haven't been listening to their podcast. I feel like it's been a month since I actually listened to the read. But they haven't... They haven't they didn't say nothing. I, I don't remember them talking about it. Well, they said they, I think they said they tried to get it and they didn't get it. I don't, I don't know. 
because they got invited to her concert and the other people who got invited to that concert that she flew all those YouTubers and podcasters out to, I haven't heard them. I know somebody, I follow a couple of those people and they didn't get a box. So I kind of feel like maybe they aren't as big enough to wear. Mm. Or it could be that like because they don't really get on social media like that and their main form of like talking to people is like, I know with Kiffy and Chris is Twitter, they don't get on Instagram like that. Yeah. And Instagram is a very visual, you know, social media platform. So maybe that's why they didn't get it. But then mm. again, you never know. Maybe they're going to get a box. Maybe they're going to get, maybe for the second drop, she'll give those people boxes. Because if she knows y'all enough to fly y'all out, pay for y'all lodging, and give y'all VIP tickets to her concert for On The Run too, then somehow, some way, I don't see why y'all wouldn't ever, at least at one point, get a box. I think this first round was just really strategic and who she gave a box to, which was like the high celebrities and influencers like the Ricky Thomases and the Scotty Deems and all that. I think maybe for the second drop, it'll be maybe these other people. But I don't think they take Mm -hmm. it to heart because it's like, I mean, the bitch know y'all enough to fly y'all out and have y'all go to her concert for free. You know, so. But I'm just glad you got something. I thought about you when I was on vacation. Like, I wonder if she got anything. Because I know I had heard it so all out. So I was like, I know she was going to be pissed if she doesn't Girl, I had the whole office trying to get me some Ivy Park. That's really scary. I'm glad you had the money for it. Um, But... Girl, and it sent me back. We'll talk about that later, though. Um, I bet it. And moving into Beyonce and music and all that. We can talk a little bit about the Grammys. Now, I don't watch the Grammys because I'm kind of like, fuck the Grammys and their mm-hmm. lack of appreciation for black music and black artists and how they shortchange black, you know, artists and musicians. But yet and still, every year, you motherfuckers still go and don't go to the BT Awards, don't go to the Soul Train Awards, don't go to the NAACP Awards. But I digress. The Grammys was this weekend. You know, Tyler won for Best Rap Album. Um, Lizzo won three Grammys. Billie mm-hmm. Eilish swept the fucking Grammys. Um, mm-hmm. Who else black won? Little Nas X won mm-hmm. a Grammy. Mm-hmm. I think her won a Grammy. Beyonce won a Grammy for Baychella documentary. Um, I don't think, I don't know if I can think of anybody else off the top of my head black who won. There was another person. There was a, a Coffee, this reggae, this reggae singer. She yeah, won. she won Best um, Reggae Album. And who was that black guy that had that song, This Is The Land? He won a Grammy. But those are all the black people I can think of off the top of my head. Um, before I go into, like, Tyler or whatever, like, was there anything you want to say about the Grammys? Um, I just wanted to say that y'all gonna stop uh, fucking disrespecting uh, Ariana Grande because, listen, Thank You, Next was a serious contender for album of the year and record of the year. And y'all can say whatever y'all wouldn't say. But that whole album was a bop, and Thank You Next was literally a big deal, okay? That's all I got to say. I will say this. Billie Eilish, you are great, girl. I did listen to your album before the Grammys. I was rocking with you. Bad Guy is a bop. But, honey. And she's only 18. She's, oh, she's the youngest person to get um album of the year. At first, mm-hmm. it was that snake, so I'm glad she dethroned the snake off of it. Baby, they'll Uh-oh. do everything in their power to award a white person something, Girl. but a black person will never. Other than Lauren Hill, Lauren Hill got album of the year or something like that, right? Uh-huh. Back in the day, okay, but after but her, I feel like Billie Eilish was, you know, it was okay because it was between her, Lana Del Rey, Ariana Grande. 
I I left it at those. Those were the top three. Like I, mean, I know I'm people want to put Lizzo like, up there, but like, yeah. I'm speaking in terms of like today, like how Beyonce still ain't got one for all the work she Girl. put in. That's what I'm saying. They will go out of their way to reward any white person before they give up another person of color that award. I don't know if it's been a transition in members of that or what, but all I'm saying is the fact that the last time that happened was with Lauren Hill, even and Lauren Hill completely deserved it because of that album. It's like there's a lot of great albums by black artists that have come out in these past decades and none of them have won it. And that's strange to me. It's very strange. I'll give you certain years, like when Adele came out with 21 and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but mm, I just think that's very weird. Um, but which brings up something else that happened with the Grammys, but I'll let you finish. Um, um, no, what else I about to say? You were talking about how, you know, Ariana is being Yeah, I feel like they, they, they keep doing Ariana. They keep doing her wrong. But it was okay. I think she had a good performance. She did get a little windy. Um, <laughs> it's not funny, but it's just like, come on, y'all, do cardio, please. Work out. Make sure before y'all hit this stage, like that y'all look good and that y'all can handle it. Maybe she was nervous. Maybe it was adrenaline. She was excited. I don't know. Uh, you know who else is slept on? And I have her album downloaded on Apple Music. Mm-hmm. Rosalia. Mm-mm. That whole invented clapping and if you watch the Grammy her performance you would know what the fuck I'm doing because of this clap okay sis is here to stay I know this for sure mm-hmm. but um other than that like yeah like back to the Beyonce thing I don't know how Lemonade did not win album of the year I'm still upset about that uh, okay well speaking of I know Tyler performed he won I'm happy for him um, but after when he went back to the press room, have you had his whole scandal with the CEO being suspended? Yes, like, girl, and she okay, put so, all of them on blast. Yeah, so basically to kind of sum it up in a short version, um, the CEO got suspended for ten days. Um, after she wrote this email to to HR about how one of the attorneys that works for the Grammys had you know sexually assaulted her and was making passes at her, um, and she also kind of aired out some of the corrupt practices that's going on behind the scenes and how like the Grammys is rigged and how like one song this year that was number 18 on the list ended up being nominated for song of the year. Mm-hmm. And she wouldn't say who the artist was, but basically like how can a song that's so low be pushed up to be, could be nominated for song of the year when there were like, I think she said Ariana Grande and Ed Sheeran were supposed to be nominated for that category. Mm-hmm. But anyways, they kind of asked them like, did her saying that the Grammys was rigged and the voting process was rigged, did that affect his win? And he was basically like, you know, it's bittersweet for him because on the one hand, he's happy that he won a Grammy. You know, a lot of artists, the Grammys is like the the upper echelon of like awards and music is the highest award you can receive. But on the other hand, he feels like my album was not a rap album. You know, I don't consider it a rap album. And, you know, they put me in these urban categories and urban is just another word for the N-word. And it, my album could have very well been in the pop category. And it's funny how, like, guys like me, when we do stuff outside of our realm, they want to put us in the black categories, but don't want to put us in just a regular category like pop or R&B or mm-hmm. country. And he kind of feels like, you know, he made the analogy that 
is similar to how you got a cousin that wants to play the game station or whatever. And so you just kind of give him a controller that's not plugged in to kind of like pacify him and satisfy him and get him to shut up. And so that's basically what he compared it to. So he basically was like, yeah, I appreciate the award, but y'all still on some racist fuck shit by putting black artists in these urban black categories and not just grouping them in just a regular category with other white competitors. And you do that because you don't want them to win those awards, you know? So I was like, wow, Tyler. You know, Tyler don't speak about stuff like this. So when he does come out of his mouth and say stuff, I get surprised. Or I'm just like, well, damn, like, Tyler, like, damn, you should you should speak up more often. And it just yeah. makes you it, it makes you also realize that, like just because he always playing and joking around and being silly don't mean that he's he's not smart, that he's not aware of how the right. game is. So I was just happy that he was like, Yeah, I appreciate the win, but don't think that you finna pacify me with this because I see the game that y'all trying to play. Um, but going back to the lady with the the CEO, or whatever, like everything she said is it really surprising to us? Like, we know no. that the Grammys is rigged, that they go out of their way to give these white artists these awards because they don't want somebody like a Beyonce or a Childish Gambino or whoever to come in and just sweep, you know? So I'm not really surprised, but I applaud her for coming out and just being like, well, fuck it. Like, I'm finna just expose these motherfuckers because, you know, it's shit is fucked up and... It's not being run right, and I just kind of feel like some change needs to happen, especially from a white woman. I don't know if this is going to affect her job, if she's going to get fired or whatever. Um, I don't understand how, as the CEO, that one of the highest positions you can have in any company, she could be fired. But you know, more yeah. power to that to that woman, you know, for coming out and speaking the truth. It's not going to change shit. They still going to be doing the same corrupt practices they've been doing. Um. And if anything, what they might do to clean up the images next year, go out of their way to award a bunch of black people Grammys in certain categories that they probably wouldn't normally do. So, I still doubt it. Yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, I suck the Grammys. I mean, I want you motherfuckers to stop going to the Grammys and stop hosting brunches and parties and just host some BT Awards parties, host some Soul Train Awards parties, go to the fucking awards for black people. Because if we put more energy in that, you'll see a difference in ratings for the Grammys and in attendance for the Grammys. I just think we need yeah. to move away from white folks and, and stuff they establish and get put more energy into stuff that's black-owned or just for black people. Or we're never going to see a change in how the Grammys operates. Um, the same thing with the fucking Oscars and the Emmys and whatever other white-ran award show um, out there. Um, and just for our final topic, you know, because this, this really uh, irked the shit out of me and disappointed me. Terry Crews mm-hmm. um, and his Get lack his of ass. support for Gabrielle Union when she, after she supported him in his, you know, lawsuit and uh, his Me Too moment where, you know, he talked about a movie director or executive like fondling his private areas Um was this like last year or two years ago? It was, it was at some year. party and or, this happened, yeah. but 
he came out, you know, as a part of the Me Too movement and talked about this. And a lot of black women in particular had his back and came out and supported him. And one of them was Gabrielle Union. And if you don't know, Gabrielle Union got fired from America's Got Talent for speaking up about, you know, sexism and racism at the job. And instead of Ted Cruz just sitting and eating his food or having her back, regardless of whether or not he personally experienced that, he had to go out there shucking and jiving and, you know, bouncing and shaking for them white folks. For whatever reason, I don't know. I guess to keep his job. Um, and just to add insult to injury, got on Twitter and was like, I don't need to come out and speak up or please anybody other than my wife, Rebecca, not my mom, not my daughters, not my nieces, Girl. not my sisters. You know, just Rebecca. She is my wings. And it's like the fact that you would condemn your mama, your sisters, and your daughters instead of just either shutting the fuck up or just supporting Gabrielle Union after she showed you support. Right. I just, I don't know what kind of man you think you are to say some shit like that. You know, I didn't also like the fact that he said, you know, he's never, he can't speak on sexism because he never experienced it. It's not about whether or not you experienced it. You know, it's about the fact that if you see something wrong, speak up. Right. Defend that woman. If your daughter came to you and told you she had an experience of sexual harassment and, and or, or, you know, sexual assault, are you going to just brush that shit off and say, well, I don't know what to do because I can't relate? You know, like the fact that you would, I mean, if, man, like at this point, like your daughters do, this is what I'm right. confused about. Like your daughter dumb. came to you. Yeah, like why would you say something like that? You should have just shut up or just been like, you know, I may not have had the same experience that Gabrielle Union had, but I support my sister, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, it didn't it, it didn't have to be you kissing ass and shitting on her after what you went through personally and her being there for you. And now you finna get canceled. A cancellation that I 100% approve of. Yeah. Now, sometimes I get sick of cancel culture, but for him, you brought it on yourself at this point. And I'm not even going to be mad. And I'm just disappointed because I like Terry Crews. But he just keeps making an it, ass out of himself. <laughs> I think it's just wild how you can say, oh, I never experienced anything. Like, like your experiences do not invalidate someone else's experiences. Mm-hmm. That's why they are, in fact, someone else's experiences. Like, I can't sit up here and say, oh, Aaliyah, your teeth don't hurt because mine ain't never hurt. So what the hell are you talking about? Like, no. And I think that's what pissed me off a lot. And I think what is even more like fucked up is that he brought his wife into this. Like, mm-hmm. no. Stay your ass over there by yourself. Why are you bringing Rebecca into this? And then my whole right. thing is, is I'm really sick of us going to back for like black, black men and every single time. They pick the bus up and just drop it on us. Like every single time, I do not understand it. Like nobody is safe. Like I really, like we supported you throughout your whole sexual harassment shit. And now you saying it's about somebody. Listen, those checks must be coming in lovely for America's Got Talent for him to be acting like that. Because it don't make no sense. And leave Rebecca out your mouth. It's it, it, talking about your daughters. Are you serious? 
Man, I wish one of his kids would come out and drag him. I wish one of his daughters would come out and drag his ass. It's just sad, you know. That's for their husbands and boyfriends and partners to come out and defend them. That's not my job. It's like, come on, dude. It wasn't Gabrielle's job to come out and defend you with your allegations. I guess that was for your wife. And we never heard your wife speak up, you know, Mm -hmm. for you. But I guess the next time something like that happens to you and you come out, it'll be hush mode for black women. Because black men were making fun of him and telling him to suck it up and you should have punched him in the face and blah, 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 blah. Now, if it happens again or you have a similar experience, ain't nobody finna come out the bat for you. So, I hope you're happy. I hope you're happy. And I guess Gabrielle Union will stand on that island alone. Her and and, and I think she is perfectly fine. She is. It I took enough for her to even come out and say something. It took a lot to right. even come out and say something. Yeah. Right. But um, I'm I'm sure she's perfectly fine. But it's like it would be nice to have that type of support. Yeah. For somebody outside of like a friend or or a husband, because as a black man, you would think that you would come up to back for your one of your sisters, but I guess not. You know. Ted Cruz is not that type of man. You know, it's only for Rebecca. Only for Rebecca. Um, so, yeah. This has been a hard week. Yeah. It's been a hard week full of bullshit and sadness. Um, but we're going to pick up, pick the pieces up and just keep moving forward like we always do. So, I think this concludes the topics for this week. Mm-hmm. Um. I, once again, do not have a welcome to adulthood. I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> um, maybe <laughs> I have one next week with all the changes that's about to happen to me, but I know yeah. you have one. So I'm yeah. going to let you go ahead. All right, y'all. I recently got a promotion. Before this promotion, I was getting paid twice a month. It was nice to know that every two weeks I had a nice check waiting on me. Since this promotion and this increase in salary or whatnot, I now only get paid once a month. And literally, it is the last day of the month. And I am sick to my stomach. Mm. But you know what? Thank God I made it (laughs) of the month. Because I think I, at first I was doing good. I was good. I had already paid my rent. For like, you know, the month of January or whatever like that. I was like, I'm good. I'm good. And then Ivy Park came out. And I was like, ooh. And then I had to go to this whole ski trip in Denver, Colorado. I had to buy a snowsuit. I had to buy mm. goggles, gloves. Mm. I finally got mm. my winter coat. I had to mm. buy thermal socks. All this type of stuff. So it just kept racking up. Literally kept racking up. Um, then when you get up there to Denver, of course you want to enjoy yourself. So you want to buy like, you know, party favors. We had to buy like decorations. You know, you buy food, you're going out to eat, you're going to the club, all this type of stuff. So it starts racking up. Girl, when I got back on Sunday and I took a look at my bank account, I'm just, those email notifications, so my low account balance notification is set at $50. Anytime my account gets at $50, I get an email like, girl, you fucking wild. What the fuck is you doing? 
Right. So I got two of those this week. Uh, but the good thing is, the good thing is, I did not touch my emergency funds. Um, mm-hmm. that is still on and popping. Um, all bills were still paid uh this mm-hmm. month. Um, praise God. And tomorrow is the thirty first, which means what? I finally get, get fucking paid. And I cannot wait to see what their new check looks like since I've got this promotion. And that is my welcome to the hood. And I think I just, I don't know how my mom and them did it all these years getting paid once a month. They told me I wasn't ready for it. I'm not ready for it. I got to start budgeting. I need to stop eating now. I mm-hmm. actually got to cook. I just mm-hmm. don't have time for it. Yeah, we talked about it. It's also a lesson in prioritizing because really, I'm going to get you for this. You really didn't need to get the Ivy Park. You wanted it. Yeah. And I can understand because sometimes I get shit that I know I'm like, I don't really need it, but I want it. And I'm not making as much money as you. So I don't know. I'm not getting in your finances. I don't know how your finances are made up. But you didn't need to get the Ivy Park. You could have waited on it. <laughs> but I know you and how excited you were because it's Beyonce and you do love clothes. So I knew you were going to, you know, especially with that ski trip coming up. Girl, vacation can really take a lot out of you because for me, I think you know what? I might have a welcome to the hood, it's gonna be budgeted and saving. Because for me, I really my goal is this year is to, especially with all the traveling and stuff I'm trying to do, I'm trying to come see you in May, so I need to be looking at flights and saving for like going out and you know, subway and you know, the flight and all that. But budgeting and saving is so important especially when you're trying to do stuff and i like it's like i need new glasses i need to be saving for and that's not gonna be cheap with the lenses and the frames vacations uh, i need to start paying back student loans and i want to make that a goal this year to start back on that but it's just so important to prioritize your needs yes. over your wants it's like if it's on my want and i know i don't need it i'm not i'm not gonna I'm not going to get it because there's you just never know when life is going to hit you and you're going to need that emergency fund to help take care of it. And like last year, Thanksgiving fucked me over as far as like my finances because I was trying to save for this trip. I just recently took and saved for Christmas gifts so I can get everybody what I wanted to get them. Mm-hmm. And Thanksgiving kind of fucked me over because I fit the bill for all the food and stuff. And I was fucking broke as shit after all of it. And it was hard to recover because it's like when my check, my next check come, I'm going to have to be worried about paying car note and car insurance. And my thing is, I think I'm pretty good at like making sure my bills are paid first and just sacrificing the need for like if I want to go shopping or something or if I want to do something. Because I'm mm-hmm. like, I mean, I got to make sure my car don't get repoed and my phone don't get turned off because those are things that I need. So I just feel like for me, I need to work on just making an initiative to save so with this yeah. next check i'm gonna be if it's even if it's five dollars ten dollars twenty five dollars just put something save away it, just save it open up a savings account or just take some cash out and put it away somewhere where i cannot touch it because i get a flat tire you know something can happen with my car something can happen medical wise that i'm gonna need that money for and i just need to make the initiative to save so i can have that money when the time comes so maybe i did have a welcome to the hood thanks Thanks a lot. It's because of you. Okay. It's because of you. So I appreciate that. I'm glad we can help each other out, girl. Yeah. Friendship, reciprocity, reciprocity. Mm. Um, so that's going to conclude our Welcome to Adulthood segment. Um, we're going to be back after this quick break. 
So you know what we think about topics like basketball wives and Donald Trump, but you don't know what we're listening to. Every few weeks, Daya and I will be releasing the DNA playlist, a culmination of 10 songs that reflect our music taste and act as an extension of our personalities. Coming out this week is Volume 6, with the sounds from Snow Allegra, Kaylani, and the Internet. Here's a sneak peek, Footsteps, by Kaylani featuring Music Soul Jam. You can access the playlist on our Spotify page, in addition to previous volumes. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, you guys, welcome back. Um, right now, we're going to do our portion of the show known as Homegrown, and I'm going to start it off uh, on a light note. So I don't know if you guys remember, but I mentioned that I started a grocery store with my brother around September 2019, and just to get some good news and like a round of like, you know, praises for us, we just got um, approval from the city to be able to sell beer and tobacco, um, and I think like, it's a big deal for us because those are really, like, your cash cows. Like, essentially, your store can run off of literally just selling beer and tobacco by itself. Um, and it'll just help us, like, with other costs and different things like that, you know, so we can focus on, like, you know, selling the meat and the fresh produce and different things of that nature. Also, we finally got my mom on board. At first, she told us to leave her the hell alone, and then she would not help us out with this grocery store because this was our idea. And if she had worked all her life and that we only needed to start this grocery store to give her another set, you know, of coins for her income. <laughs> Anywho, but she has keys now. Mom is also stepping it up in the marketing department. She uh sent out hella mail outs to like over a thousand people for the grocery store. So she doing her thing. I ain't mad at your mama. But like, yeah, that's my homegrown. Um uh yeah the story is you know we moving to bigger and better things in 2020 hopefully we can keep going uh and make it one year because a lot of small businesses don't make it within that first year so we're gonna keep pushing through and do it i'm gonna have to go down there to the store when are you coming down here in april right Girl, I hope so. I just text my sister-in-law, and they're not doing nothing for the little princess birthday. So What? Yeah, girl, yeah, so they just going to beat over the classroom. But that's neither here nor there. That's neither here nor there. You know what? Just buy Jay some cake, kidnap her, and bring her to my house. Mom will cook her a full course meal. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we'll celebrate Jay. Oh, my God. Can you Can you pick something different? No. Oh my okay. god! Okay, rice and cornbread. Okay, well, um, my homegrown is kind of like an update from our last episode. So I don't know if you guys recall me talking about the riots and what was happening down here with the parchment um prison and mm-hmm. how inmates were getting together to sue Mississippi Department of Corrections and how Jay Z and Yo Gotti showed their support and were willing to back the inmates who were suing for better conditions in the prison. Well, last Friday, they had a rally in downtown Mississippi. Um, I think it was on Mississippi Street in front of the uh, state capitol building. Um, I didn't get to cover it, unfortunately, because I was at my other job, but I know that one of my coworkers said it was a huge turnout. A lot of people came out. 
Big Crit, who was a rapper from Meridian, Mississippi, came down and spoke at the rally. Yandy Smith from Love and Hip Hop New York came down um, and spoke at the rally and showed her support. Jay Prince, who is um, an old head in hip hop, and his son either discovered Drake or, like, is a... He's really close with Drake, and I think he's also a mentor to Drake. He came out and spoke. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of other Mississippi artists like Dear Silas and oh, there was another artist out there. I cannot remember his name. They came and spoke. Um, and a bunch of public figures and activists in the community came out and spoke on behalf of the inmates and what's going on. And, you know, it's interesting to see certain people who probably would never have come to Mississippi or, you know, you just never would imagine like Yandy, like to me that was random. I didn't random. I didn't know she was coming down here until the news mentioned her the morning of the the rally. So it was oh. just interesting to see her come down. But I will say it was not for clout because before she's been to different rallies and protests and because her husband, who is now out of jail, was in jail, I'm sure it was an issue that was very close to home for her. So I just think it's interesting to see people rally behind and come down and show their support for what's happening here in Mississippi because a lot of people can skip over Mississippi and not necessarily come here and see the good that's here, only mm-hmm. think of or see the bad. So I just think it's interesting. And I think I'm I'm happy that people are coming out and showing their support. Um, and I could tell from pictures and videos, there was a lot of people there. I wish I could have been able to go. Mm-hmm. Um, not even just to cover, but just to be there to hear what's happening and, and be a part of it. Um, but I'm glad to see that this lawsuit is moving forward and that people are really, you know, coming out and supporting what's going on up there in Parchment because I think it's closer up in North Mississippi than it is down here. So, you know, just keep doing your research and keeping up with what's happening with this lawsuit and stuff happening in Parchment. I saw that um, Rock Nation released like a video and like pictures. Mm Mm-hmm from the jail and oh my god it's bad like girl like i, I cannot believe I people are living like that like the right. first 10 seconds of the video i was like what is going on and it's literally an inmate like running for his life from another inmate because he's trying to stab him and he's yeah, connecting two other inmates some just of them. died this week or oh last my week god. two other inmates had died so it, it, I can believe it's pretty bad. It's just that I had never seen any pictures or evidence of like what's actually Girl. going on. So I'm gonna have to check that out on their um website. Jesus, Girl. It's, it's Jesus, bad. damn! Wow. And then like shows like the the water in the cells, the toilets that don't work. How a lot of them not even sleeping inside the cell. I think they cold because like they all huddled up trying to sleep together. Girl, so it was just too much. Also, that made me think about something. So, I know that they had posted this on Ball Alert about what was happening down here. And I was Mm -hmm. just going through the comments and some person was like, oh, that place is literally hell. Like, I feel so bad for the people down there. And somebody was like, what do you mean it's hell? And he was like, I was down there for for a couple of days. It was okay, but like, blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I hate when motherfuckers who have never even lived here for like a long period of time right. or base their assumptions off a couple of, of days, media, a couple of days, or just media or stereotypes say shit like that. Because I'm like, I've lived in this state for all my life, 
Um, and it's not the best place on earth. You know, it has its issues like every other state. But I need you guys to stop making these assumptions when you've never lived here, you've never breathed here, you've never entrenched yourself in the culture or the people or the city. Stop saying shit like it's hell on earth because it's really not that bad. I'm sure I can go other places and it's just as bad, if not worse. So motherfuckers who are not from here or have never even given this place a chance, I need you to shut the fuck up <laughs> and stop no, saying shit like that because it's offensive and it's like, if you're not even going to give us a chance and you're going to base your experience off of media headlines or you being here for a couple of days and like, you don't need to make a statement like that because you don't know what hell on earth is like. What those people are going through in those prisons is hell on earth. But to sit up here and base your opinions about a state based on a headline or because your experience that was just okay Please stop doing it because I know plenty of people who had assumptions about Mississippi came here, experienced the culture and the hospitality, and were completely, you know, changed and informed about what it's like living and being here. So for that person, fuck you, and I want you to shut the hell up and come back down here and stay here for a month or two months, and then base your opinion uh, about mm-hmm. living here or being here and what it's like. Because I'm sick of this shit. Like you can go to Chicago, you can go to California, you can go to New York. There's plenty of other places that go through the same shit we go through. I mean, mm-hmm. I New York wasn't no like it wasn't paradise and sunrise, but I would never shit on my experience there because it wasn't all bad. And to be honest, living there gave me a completely different outlook on New York than what I thought it was before I went there. So yeah. I need motherfuckers to stop doing that shit. It was really offensive and it was really ignorant. And somebody checked them, and he had to apologize. But I was like, man, fuck you. Please, and thank you. Um, So that's going to include our homegrown segment, and we're going to move into TV, music, and movies. Mm -hmm. Um, Just to kind of move quickly, because I'm hungry as fuck. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm really hungry. Um, And I'm not feeling good. Um, Aaron Hernandez documentary. Um, <laughs> I watched it. I watched the whole thing on Saturday, back to back to back, no breaks. Me too. I um, ain't take no breaks when I watched it either. It was very informative. For some reason, I was thinking that this his trial and stuff happened in the early two thousands and not the late yeah. 2000s. Because for some reason, I know this first started happening in 2013, but I don't remember anything from 2013 except me going to college and graduating. I don't remember any big scandals or anything. So I was like, I don't know why I can't remember this trial and what happened. But if you don't know, Aaron Hernandez was a football player. He played for the New England Patriots. He was very popular and very talented. He was convicted of murdering his fiance's sister's boyfriend, Odin Lloyd. He shot him six times. There is no real motive. We don't know why he shot him, but he shot him. Um, And he was convicted. I mean, his sentence was life in prison. He also had shot two other individuals in Boston, but he ended up getting sentenced to a not guilty verdict, Mm -hmm. which when it seemed so obvious that he actually did it. Um, But he got found not guilty for that, and he didn't get any extra time. And then in 2017, after, I I think a couple of days after that verdict, he ended up killing himself in his prison by hanging himself. And it was weird because in the documentary, they were saying how, like, I had just talked to him, and 
based on the type of person he was, it just seemed so out of character for him. And it just seemed random because I had just talked to him that day and everything seemed fine. But in the documentary, they kind of go over their theories for why he did that because when there's some old law wherever he was serving his time where you could be cleared of all charges. And he was cleared for a moment of the Odin Lloyd charges, but they were brought back after the family kind of put in some work. And I can understand why, because he clearly murdered that woman's son. So for him to be cleared mm-hmm. of all charges is like, no, it shouldn't go down like that. He should, even in death, it should follow him and he should be punished for was those he crimes. cleared of those charges? Or was it yeah, the like, other case? They, no. So in the other case with the two men, he was found not guilty. But once he died, mm-hmm. The judge ruled that he be cleared of of oh, all yeah. those charges in the Odin Lloyd's case, but then the family came back and kind of like and got they some food petition or signed. Yeah, got some petition signed and rallied to put the charges back on him. And I just want to say the mother was so I admire her strength because she was like, you know, I forgive him and I wish him yeah. peace wherever he is. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, the type of strength you gotta have to even let those words come out your mouth. It's some type of grace that I just don't think I could have with somebody murdering my my brother for no reason and left him out there for dead. Um, but Aaron Hernandez had a lot. He was, I don't know if it's true about his sexuality, but he was fighting against that. You know, his childhood wasn't the best. His dad was, you know, verbally and physically abusive. His mom wasn't the best mother figure. Um, and then with, you know, him being a football player, all those head injuries and concussions probably had an effect on his psyche and his mental well-being as well. So combine that with like a, a, a angry man who's fighting against his sexuality and trying to prove his masculinity and whatever psych psychological issues he was facing, it just made for a bad yeah. formula that ultimately turned him into this raging, you know, snap at the drop of a hat murderer that I, I don't know. I don't know if therapy would have helped. I don't know if his childhood had been better would have helped because you still have to factor in the CTE that he more than likely had. That yeah, been there was affecting. a lot of people in the documentary saying that there was a cop-out. Uh, I mean... Like, I don't you understand. remember that part where they was like, yeah. really, this cowardly, we gonna blame it on that, all that type of stuff. I mean... I, I was like, well, would. I don't think that we can... I don't want to say that we gonna blame all of it on that, but, like, we can't disregard that fact. That it was a factor. I think people were yeah. saying it because for the people who were specifically trying to blame it on that, they were citing back to other cases of football players who had the same thing, like the, the football player he played with, I forgot his name, yeah. that ended up having it, and he ended up killing himself. And they didn't really understand, like, how that was possible. But he ended up having CTE. And symptoms of that included rage and depression. And it was another symptom that I can't name off the top of my head. And they kind of felt like, well, you got other players who had the same thing. And they weren't going around murdering people. And I'm like, that's very well true. But one of the symptoms is rage. And I think that CTE and, you know, his childhood trauma and the fact that if he really was bisexual or gay, he was fighting against it. All three of those things factored into how he was as a person. So I could understand the point of like people feeling like if you're trying to solely blame it on that, that's a cop out because he had complete control over his actions and he could have very well not killed Odin Lloyd or killed those two people, those two young men in Boston Mm -hmm. because that was crazy to me over somebody spilling a drink on your shirt, which and you're in a club like. 
people step on your feet, they bump into you, and no one does it on purpose. Like, it's an accident. It's a crowded place. Like, no one is doing it on purpose. And for those dudes who were immigrants and who were just janitors at night and were just trying to make a way for their families, for you to shoot them over something like that, something stupid as a stain, like, come on, bro. I mean, you even tried to shoot your friend, and you didn't finish the job. You tried to shoot him for saying, like, for trying to tell you that the shit you did in Boston killing those people were stupid. But it's also like you didn't turn him in. You know, you were an accomplice to that Mm -hmm. shit and you could have very well turned him in for that shit and maybe Odin Lloyd would have been spared and still been alive today. But you were there for it. You know, you didn't stop it and you didn't turn him in after the fact. So you just as guilty as he is. But it's just like Stuff like that, it was like, come on, bro. Like, you really finna kill somebody over a stain on your shirt? And even, like, the fact that they couldn't pinpoint why he killed Odin Lloyd, like... Yeah. It's just, it's just like... Yeah, it's just like, I don't know why he killed him either. And and then I think I never realized, because my brother had told me before that he murdered his fiancé's sister's boyfriend. But to see those sisters be torn apart by one man because both were loyal to their own spouses and they're sitting on opposite sides of the courtroom and to know that their relationship will forever be changed because they chose their own sides. It's just funny to me because she was like, oh, we having a strange relationship, but it's like, no, y'all used to be close. And because you decided to defend your boyfriend when he was clearly in the wrong, you and your sister ain't gonna ever ever talk or be cool again. She's fucked up. It's just yeah, fucked up. Yeah, and um, I don't know what that man was going through and I'm kind of in a complicated space where I don't know where to, I don't know whether to give sympathy or not because despite the fact that he was a murderer, like, he was going through a lot of shit in his childhood. Mm-hmm. Like, his dad was putting pressure on him to be this football player and, you know, his then they was bringing up like man. the homosexuality, yeah, and, and how, like how he was that. homophobic and transphobic. Like he was calling transgender, you know, individuals in jail things, you know. And his girlfriend yeah. checked him on it like, one don't time say that. Their phone calls, like don't call them that is disrespectful, you know. So it's just like he was going through a lot at home. And if it's true what his friend was saying, how they had a sexual relationship and how he was fighting it, it was just like. That's why he was so angry because he couldn't be himself and he was fighting against his own truth, you know, and it's like, I don't know whether to feel bad for you because I can't disregard the fact that you had, you had shitty parents and that you were bisexual, but you didn't want to admit it. Um, And, and his mama, the fact that she was sleeping with her sister's girl husband and, and pushed and, and moved the man into the house months after her, Girl. You know, husband had died. It was just like it was too much. Girl, you are trifling. And the way he was talking to her on the phone, like he told her, "If I was with you right now, I would punch you in your face." I was like, "Oof." Mm-hmm. I'm so glad he behind bars because I believe he really would have hit her, and he probably wouldn't have stopped because he's just that angry. It's so much built up rage from stuff that he couldn't control. And to, I didn't know he was that talented. Like showing all his football highlights, I was like, "Man, he was a beast on that damn football field." He was really talented. It's just sad to see it all go to waste and to know that, like, the man just needed help <laughs> and he just wasn't getting it. And to know that the NFL is not really doing much to prevent those type of injuries from happening or to just give those individuals help when they go through stuff like that is just crazy. Because I'm sure that had a lot to do with, like, 
the 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 way he was snapped in and out of these different modes and like yeah. his impulsiveness, you know, it's just it's just sad. Yeah. So, you know, rest in peace to Odin Lloyd and those other two men that died at the hands of Aaron Hernandez. And I just pray that wherever Aaron Hernandez is, he is at peace now because I don't know if I want to say rest in peace. Right. But I do want to acknowledge that he was going through a lot. It doesn't excuse his behavior, but he was going through a lot. He was just very troubled. Um, and I think all his actions was just a cry for, like, help. Because remember, the lawyer even brought up, which makes me think that he was, you know, gay or bisexual. The lawyer was like, he asked him, you know, if somebody can be born gay. And yeah. it made me think that was his way of being, like, trying to, like, say without saying, like, you know, I'm questioning my sexuality or, you know, I'm... I'm not straight. So, yeah. But go ahead and talk about funky ass power. We do this every time. I just love <laughs> laughing at like oh, how trash, all the power. At trash, uh, how trash it is. So, last week's episode was all about Lorenz's Tate uh, character, Rashad Reed. No, Rashad Tate <laughs> for governor. Um, and basically, like taking us throughout how. You know, him and James St. Patrick was beefing and how he tried to turn the police and lie and say that he knew about Tariq and then going to Tasha and saying that James was going to turn in Tariq and all this type of stuff. And like just showing how, like, his brother in real life and the brother on the show, like, how he went to like stay with them because he was drunk in the bar. I really was just drinking his life away. And, like, he actually put a hit out on uh, Ghost. And the hit went south. One of the people died. And then the guy came back to kill Tate. And Tate ended up shooting the dude. No, Tate's brother ended up shooting the dude behind the house. Girl, it was a lot. It was just so much. I was like, this shit is so unrealistic. It's kind of taking me really fast. And none of this stuff makes sense. But uh, it just goes through... Uh, how his rise and fall and then his rise again. Like how he went to truth that night after James was slain or whatever the fuck y'all want to call it. He ain't dead. I hope he's not dead. And okay. how he gave like this moving uh, press conference speech at the nightclub, whatever like that. And then flipped it and then the Democratic Party or the Democratic Nomination Committee or whatever put him up to be the governor for New York. So now he back on top. But the whole thing throughout the whole episode was no matter how many times he get knocked down, he literally is the luckiest person. His brother kept telling mm-hmm. me. He was like, you know, your luck is just the best and I don't know why. Like, I don't know why. Like, since we was kids, you always come out on top. It's the weirdest thing. And I think that's just setting up the next, like, you know, series of power that mm-hmm. Tate is now going to be governor of New York. And I just want to see how, like, all that baggage and stuff is going to carry over because he's definitely killed some people. He's put, like, you know, hit out on people, all this type of stuff. But his, that was his whole episode, to be honest. It was all about Tate. Hmm. So by process of elimination, the shooter is more than likely Tariq. Or Tasha. Wasn't or Tasha. You we know, going through Tommy, Tate, Dre, pausing her purse, pausing her damn purse. See, her episode was so meaningless. I forgot about it. 
And then uh, you got Sack since left, but we know he didn't do it. I mean, oh yeah, Sack. So it's three people: Tariq, Sack, and Tasha. And this Sunday is the last episode. This Sunday, Saturday, so, Saturday, Sunday, whatever. Um, I just you know, I just think it's predictable for it to be Tariq, but I also feel like, I mean, who else would it be? I'm over this show because there's a whole bunch of storylines that they haven't really wrapped up or connections they haven't made like we still don't know who the fuck that girl was texting when she was oh, like yeah. you see what I'm saying like that's the shit I'm talking about it's the shitty ass writing that's blowing me at least with Game of Thrones like they wrapped up a whole bunch of shit you know but this is like y'all introduced a whole bunch of shit that y'all not even going back to cause y'all using these last five episodes to give each suspect their own you know episode and to kind of show us the timeline of where they were when all this was happening. And for me, I just don't think Ghost is dead because I feel like either he faked his death or they just gonna say he's dead, but then he's really not and he's in hiding somewhere. Or in my mind, I think they corny asses is gonna make it to where he, him and Angela go somewhere and ride off into the sunset and just pretend to be dead and just live their lives the way they wanted to. Be normal, have some fucking kids, you know, leave Tasha, Tariq, and gas some money. And but see, I don't think that because when Pa's episode when they had to go back in Angela's casket, they had to open that shit again. And you saw Angela's body? Yeah, you saw her legs. You didn't see her face. I don't know. I mean, the Angela part could just be me, you know, reaching. But that motherfucker is somewhere alive, chilling. He might even go to California and just, you know, chill with Tommy. But I'm just, this show is just disappointing because they yeah. could have really took this last season to another level. And for the past five seasons, it has been consistent as fuck. So it's just sad to see what the last season has turned into. You think I want to watch a fucking spinoff from this shit? If this is how y'all treat the last season? Right. Without care and actual, like, good story writing? Fuck no. And to be honest, I don't have, I'm not watching Power because I really don't have a way to watch it. Like, I don't have. The way I was watching it, the password has been changed. So I don't have any other way to watch it. And at that point, the way the, the mid-season finale went and then knowing how y'all have been going in on these past few episodes, I don't want to watch it. I don't want to make myself watch Paz and her purse. I don't want to make myself watch Andre. I don't want to make myself care about Tate. I heard the Tommy episode was actually good, but it's just like the way in which they're they're writing these stories and trying to like, give you different timelines or lead up to certain events it's just like it sounds confusing as fuck and it sounds dumb as fuck and it's like how are you gonna have 18 you know suspects but five episodes left it don't right. make sense i don't know how y'all finna fit sax tasha and Tariq in this last episode One and episode. then try to and my thing is to me it's obvious they go still alive because they haven't shown a funeral they haven't shown a body and they keep saying who shot him instead of who killed him Y'all trying to be cute and trying to drag out that he's still alive, but no one gives a fuck because of how shitty you're doing a job of telling the story at this point. So, fuck power. I'm living and watching it through y'all, and I just like shitting on it at this point. It makes me feel better. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. But um, that concludes this week's episode. Um, I just want to say, once again, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant and all the other victims who perished mm-hmm. in the helicopter crash. Also, go and listen to Volume 5 of the um, DNA playlist. I didn't really get a chance to promote it on Instagram, but please go listen to it. It's out now. And Volume 6 is coming soon. I am starving, so I'm about to get out here. See you next week.
Have a good time. Enjoy life. It's um, life is too short to, to to get bogged down to be discouraged or um, you have to keep moving. You have to keep going. Put one foot in front of the other. Smile and just keep on rolling.